My name is Dean Proctor, and welcome to today's episode of the What Is This? podcast. In late 2019, I came into possession of several thousand 45 RPM records from the 1950s to 1980s. In excitedly pulling them from the boxes to examine them, and having been a music fan for my whole life, many of these artists and their records were familiar to me. At other times, though, I found myself, after putting one on a record player, asking, what is this? This podcast, focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection, complete with their pops, crackles, and Q-burn intact, is an attempt to answer that question. What is this? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4... Three, two, one. Welcome to episode number 10 of the What Is This podcast. In this episode, we're going to stage a top 10 countdown. In the height of the boss radio era of the 1960s, many radio stations published a weekly top 40 countdown list, usually published for free and for the taking at the local record store. And that top 40 list invariably had a line right after number 11, which served to highlight the 10 most requested songs that week. The top 10. In the same way, magazines like Billboard and Cashbox published their own weekly Hot 100 list, which in their case was based on sales, not just airplay. Our top 10 list is going to be slightly different from either of those. It's not based on sales. It's not based on requests. It's based on numbers found in the artists' names or in the song titles themselves. We're going to count down from 10 to 1, and we're going to start with this song from 1971. I'd Love to Change the World is a song written and sung by Alvin Lee. He was the lead singer of a band in 1971 that put out an album called A Space in Time. It was the band's only top 40 hit. It peaked at number 40 on the Billboard Hot 100, but was still their most popular single. The song itself discusses the confused state of the world in 1971. It covers a wide variety of societal complaints until it finally addresses the Vietnam War. So to start out our countdown and representing the number 10 is Alvin Lee and his band called Ten years after. Tax the rich, feed the poor, tell there are no rich no more. My copy of I'd Love to Change the World is found on a Canadian-only compilation sampler that was put out by Columbia Records and called Un, Un, and Away. It was sent to anyone who collected and mailed in enough liners from the inside of the caps of so-called Uncola 7-Up. Song number nine is one from singer Sue Thompson. Sue Thompson is best known for her Hickory Records 1961 hits, Norman, and Sad Movies Make Me Cry. Well, it's the B-side of Sad Movies that gives us our number nine song. It was written by Ramsey Kearney. Here's Sue Thompson and song nine, Nine Little Teardrops. One little, two little, three little teardrops. 
This is one song that when I received it in a box lot, it definitely had me asking, what is this? In Canada, that record was released on the Rio label. At number eight is a song by the American rock band, The Birds. It was first released as a single in March of 1966. Musically, it was influenced by Ravi Shankar and John Coltrane. And critics often say that this song is the first bona fide psychedelic rock song ever. It reached number 14 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 24 on the UK singles chart. Eight Miles High, released on Columbia Records, was The Bird's third and final U.S. Top 40 hit. That brings us up to number seven, and a song that was written by R&B singer Willie Dixon. The title of the song refers to a, a mythical story about the fabled special powers that are given to or held by, well, not just any son, but only the seventh son. Everybody talking about the seventh son in the whole That's Johnny Rivers' version of Seventh Son, released on the 1965 album Meanwhile Back at the Whiskey A Go Go. It was also an Imperial single, serial number 66112. And that song peaked at number seven on Billboard Magazine's Hot 100 Singles Chart, but it went to number one on RPM Magazine's Top Singles Chart. Next up is the number six song on our countdown from 10 to 1. This one is from 1982. It was released by a New Zealand art rock group called Split Ends, and it was on their album called Time and Tide. The song itself apparently is a reference to the length of time it took pioneers to sail to New Zealand. Apparently that journey would be six months in a leaky boat. That 1982 hit on the A&M label in Canada was voted the fifth best New Zealand song of all time in 2001 by members of the New Zealand music industry. That brings us to a group once known as the Mutineers. The band members had crossed paths at university and they began performing together, a repertoire that included songs by Bo Diddley and Dwayne Eddy. Shortly after that, they changed their name to the Five Americans. 
Although most famous for their song Western Union, it reached number five in the US, by the way, they also had success with this song. It's released on the Hanna-Barbera Records label, serial number HBR 454. I See the Light by the Five Americans reached as high as Billboard's number 26 position. While the Brooklyn doo-wop outfit The Four Evers holds down the number four place in our countdown, they remain best known for their 1964 hit Be My Girl. It was a record that boasted such uh, bright harmonies that many thought that it was the Four Seasons singing under a different name. What added to that mystique was the presence of the Four Seasons producer Bob Crew and Four Seasons writer Bob Gaudio, who were guiding the band behind the scenes. The Four Evers reached the national charts twice in 1964, once with Be My Girl, and again with this song. Say I Love You, Doobie Dumb, on the Smash Records label, serial number S1921, was the last hit for the Four Evers. Now to number three. And for this spot, we look to the sound of Philadelphia. In fact, the singing group known as the Three Degrees topped the U.S. Hot 100 in 1974 as featured vocalists on the MFSB single called exactly that, TSOP, The Sound of Philadelphia. And that same year, 1974, they hit again with what would become their signature song. When will I see you? When Will I See You Again, released on the Columbia label, was an international hit. It reached the top five in seven countries, including number two in the U.S., and it topped the U.K. singles charts. Now to our number two song in this countdown. It comes from Johnny Cash and his original backing band, The Tennessee Two. In 1955, Johnny Cash and his bandmates were in the Memphis studio of Sun Records to audition for owner Sam Phillips. Well, one of the three musicians that were backing up Cash was so nervous about the audition that he left the session altogether. So the band, who had been presenting themselves as the Tennessee Three, by an act of simple subtraction, became the Tennessee Two. They recorded a song that was written for Cash by Roy Orbison. It got my attention right away because of that, but also it had me asking, what is this? 
because the song is only 1 minute 17 seconds long. It was recorded at the Sun Records studios in May of 1958, and it's called You Tell Me. You tell me, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I love her. Tell me why she said goodbye. Tell me why she left me. I'll tell you. It was ultimately released as a Sun single, number 331, with Goodbye Little Darlin' on the opposite side. My copy is on Quality Records Canada, serial number K1955, released in 1959 as well, once Cash and his band had already left Sun Records and were now with Columbia. As with any countdown, the destination is the number one song. That's where we are now. And the record that I've chosen to represent that number in this countdown is a song written by Harry Nielsen, who, according to one report, wrote the song after having called someone and gotten a busy signal. He stayed on the line listening to the beep, 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 beep. That busy signal became the opening notes for a song that was released in 1969 as the second single from the band Three Dog Night. It became their first of seven gold records Written by Harry Nielsen and recorded by Three Dog Night, issued on the Dunhill ABC label, reached number five on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and spent three weeks at number two on the Cashbox Top 100. It reached number four here in Canada. And so that's our unique number 10 to number one countdown for this, the 10th episode of the What Is This podcast. My thanks to those who've subscribed through iTunes or Google Play and have shared links to the podcast on their social media feeds as well. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving some feedback. Help get the word out to others who might enjoy rummaging virtually through my record collection, too. What Is This is a podcast focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection of 45 RPM records. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with your own social media circles and encouraging others to subscribe. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or any episode for that matter, email me at deanproctor at gmail.com. That's Dean with an E. And until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>